Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Mark Striegel. John Astronomy. The Talking Metal Podcast. Coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly. And now your hosts, Mark and John. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. John Astronomy here from the Silver Spacecraft, Jersey City, New Jersey location. On the telephone is Mark Striegel. Skype. Skype. I don't know if that's technically Skype. phone. Skype phone. Yeah, it's not yeah. The, there's a picture of a phone, but it's right. technically yeah, 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 not yeah. a phone. Yeah, but we're here, and, uh, <laughs> and it's. I hope it sounds like we're in the same room. Usually, John and I have yeah. a real pretty decent connection i don't hear any hiss or anything so uh yeah yeah maybe yeah it's it's all good did you see now first of all the silver spacecraft if if right. if you guys are newer to the podcast and you don't know what that is we we used to refer to the talking metal home base studio which was i think technically in your old apartment in pavonia Newport. Yeah. Uh, which uh, John has since moved into a higher class neighborhood in Jersey City, but uh, <laughs> we used to call that the Silver Spacecraft. Silver spacecraft. And why did we call it the Silver Spacecraft? I don't really even know why we. You know, um, I think uh, Bud Friendly may have coined the term Silver Spacecraft okay. to refer to where we were recording podcasts, which was the the original studio, um, and then. Somehow, I began calling the current studio slash music room in my current apartment Silver Spacecraft, and uh, I'm trying to look. There, there are silver things in here. We've got two silver keyboards, a Korg and a Yamaha. We've got mirrored Randall amps. We've got Eric Carr's uh, chrome. Uh, These are all things in John's kit. apartment, guys, believe it yeah. or not. Yeah. Chrome drum kit. Not to kit mention with, dozens uh, and dozens of Les Pauls. 
Yes, yes. I, I had a scandal. I'll tell you this uh, with one of my Les Pauls last night. I, I have a Les Paul Supreme. Now, this is a, a insane guitar. Les Paul Supremes are crazy just to begin with. Um, they're made by Gibson USA. They have uh, an amazing flame top. They have an amazing flame maple back with no control cavities. So, guys, if you want to wow. do work on your pickups, you got to go through the front. And, and that is really, really difficult for any uh, people who work on guitars. But picture the back that has no little uh, control cavity. Why is uh, that? Is it a sound just, thing um, or, or just? Nah, it's 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 like it's made almost like a three thirty five, where where they don't have anything in the back, and it's a kind of a semi hollow body, with um uh you know the back is also arched like you know how Les Paul front is not flat on on like a right. regular Les Paul standard yeah. the back is like that too and it's a beautiful beautiful guitar um I'll send you a photo maybe we can post it I know it's not that hot of a photo but I'll send you one because it's worth looking at and uh but the problem is is that the climate in the Silver Spacecraft studio is not always uh, the same and the lacquer seem to crack all around the perimeter of the binding some and you know you can feel the the thing and you can even see a little bit of a couple of chips so i mean this is like a top of the line guitar and and it's got some slight cosmetics flaws to it now but uh, i i'm gonna get over it i'm still slightly upset but um Anyway, that's what's happening. Right. What else do I have? I got a Kiss pinball machine in here. I've got. You're gonna laugh when you hear this. I've got six Randall heads and, and a Marshall head, and wow. I'm gonna be um, uh, taking one of these Randall heads to uh, Guitar Center and trading it in. <laughs> no, no offense. I, I love Randall heads, but like I said, I've got six of them, and, yeah. and I just bought like three heads. I also bought a Vox head. Um, and I'm using the Vox head with Like It now. That is the official Like It sound, uh, powered by Vox, V-O-X. Right uh, check that out. Like It um, is John's band, and uh, you definitely got to check out Like It if you haven't heard like them. It. Maybe we can do a song from, from Like It later in the episode. Yeah, that would yeah. be great, actually. You know what? We have some rough mixes together. We, we have some real stuff together. So, um, But maybe we'll surprise everybody and... Uh, I will um, let everybody hear a work in progress, which is a rough mix uh, that we're working on right now of a recording that we're not even done with yet uh, of the song My Way by Like It. So maybe cool. we'll put that in there at the end of the thing. Yeah. But here's the thing, Mark. I, I discovered a new band thanks to Mike Lincoln, a drummer of uh, Captain T and Astronomy, drummer of Astronomy and Captain T, drummer of Like It, drummer of The Victims, drummer of Electric Frankenstein, drummer of Laughing Sky. He's in every band. Uh, also, uh, former drummer of Sticky. Uh, <laughs> in almost okay. every New York band, uh, he's been the drummer. Remember when um, Jim Hennigan said, uh, I've been in, in a mall? Right. And the, and the guy goes, <laughs> in, in a mall? And he goes, no, no, I've been in apostrophe E-M. Oh, A L L. I've I've been in and out of all the bands. That's Mike right. Lincoln. He's been in and out yeah, of bands. Definitely. But anyway, a veteran of the me, New York rock scene. Great drummer, yes, great guy. Veteran. He turned me on to a band that you got you listeners of Talking Metal may very well know. Um, especially you listen listeners over in the uh, far, far east, as we like to say in our like it tunes. Um, they are called Band Made. Band dash M A I D. They are five uh, great, uh, really cool um, girls from Japan who um, rock the hell out of uh, anything they do. And 
uh, I want to play a song called Thrill. I believe that's the name of the tune, Thrill. Let me double check that. They are just awesome. Let me let me tell you. um, Now, there are groups like Baby Metal that are really cool where they sing and and they have like a backing, you know, killer metal band playing. But uh, and, and that's great, too. But um, Band Made is a band where they are um, playing these instruments, and, and they are awesome. My, my favorite song is called Thrill, T-H-R-I-L-L, and you can see the video all over, but, but these guys are great. Cool. Let's check it out and right I, now. I, I really like it, so uh, why don't we get into it? Uh, Thrill by Band Made right here on Talking Metal.
was Thrill by Band Made, released 2015 by a great band from Japan called Band Made. Five great gals who rock. Cool. And John, I want to play a track, which, you know, this band, I was never into them back in the day. Why? I don't know. I think it maybe it was, I just wasn't really exposed to them that much. But The Obsessed. Do you know these guys? I've heard of The Lino Obsessed. Lino was in The Obsessed. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know all the details about them. Though, I have to yeah, admit. the great band. This is going way back to... Not, I don't either. I just know that I've recently really dove into their first record, which was reissued recently. And just can't believe I really missed these guys the first time around. The Obsessed, this is going back to 1990 off that first self-titled record. This is Tombstone Highway. That was the Obsessed with Tombstone Highway. Buy it on iTunes, guys. Very cool, and, too. Very yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, Scott Wino. I don't even know how you pronounce his last name, but uh, <laughs> he was he was in that band Saint Vitus, I believe, for a while. Yeah, remember he, Saint Vitus? Yeah. Were they a New York band? Saint, Saint Vitus. Vi- I don't, I'm not. Oh sure. no, that's a club in New York called Saint Vitus. Yeah, right? there. No, I, Saint Vitus. I want to say was from Los Angeles, and they, they were like way back in the late '70s, I think. Oh, okay. Like doom metal band, you know. But um, yeah, there is a great bar. Have you been to that bar in in I Greenpoint? Haven't. I want to go to both of these. Let's yeah. do a thing like in the next three weeks uh, or two weeks, if 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 you have free time, where yeah. we go on a little bar crawl to St. Vitus and to Duff's. That would be great. Yeah, and then there's one other metal bar in Brooklyn called Lucky 13, which is... Oh, I did not know about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, they're... They're they're not in walking distance from one another, but you know if you have okay. a, a lift car, you can you can go between yep. the three of them, and uh, it's it's a good night. We should definitely do a little a talking, do a metal talking metal bar crawl. That would be fun, right? Yeah, that would absolutely. be amazing. Let's do it. Speaking of uh, some of the fun stuff that we have done, um, I, I've been getting into a band, and I'm going to I'm going to give you a hint on who the lead singer is of this band. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, and before you, before you guess, I'm going to say that we interviewed them. We interviewed the singer, uh, twice once. Ooh. All right. In Los Angeles. Oh no, no, not Los Angeles. Once in somewhere, once near the long beach arena outside. And, uh, that's in California, USA. And then we interviewed him once Outside, I believe, of a, either Irving Plaza or another venue. And that time we were on a tour bus and people were drinking wine. Right. Dez from Devil Driver. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah so um, very good. That, you, you're, you're generous when you call that thing a tour bus that he was in uh, in front of Irving Plaza. That was like a that was like a. Oh, an RV, like, uh, just, it was like, a, almost like converted van. I, re- I remember it was, it, w- it was definitely, I wouldn't have called it a tour bus, but it tour was, bus. Yeah. I, I remembered it. We were indoors and it was a vehicle. So I just assumed. Yeah. It, it seemed like a 1985, like RV or something like that. But, uh, but yeah. That's all right. funny. Yeah. Could be yeah, called so a tour Des, bus. Now I'm going way back to cold chamber and, uh, there's a lot of crazy stuff with this. Okay. Now. I, I want to play a song. I'm going to tell you the title right now. Loco. It's uh, from okay. the, right. uh, I believe, debut album from Cold Chamber. Yeah, I know the which song. Which was Definitely. titled Cold Chamber. And and here's the funny thing. The video, the video has Ozzy in it. Now, it doesn't completely look like Ozzy, but it says on the internet it's Ozzy. And I believe that it is Ozzy. And if you look at it, 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 it probably does look exactly like Ozzy. But but he's got makeup on and, right. and like white makeup, almost like. Which uh, makes sense because Sharon was managing cold chamber right. for a while yeah exactly now here's the funny thing i've been known to do some stuff that people have uh, thought was a little out there a little odd and um, one of them was wearing creeper shoes and i used to wear them all over the place now the first thing you see in this video is is the ozzy puts his foot out of an ice cream truck uh and he's got a white creepers on now if you guys know, okay, so that's one thing so creepers i've been associated with creepers and i, I totally forgot about this until yesterday now the funny thing is that I, if you look at, uh, if, if any of you guys know who Like It is, you'll see that I've in, reinvented the new image for myself where I wear uh, like these biker jackets that are usually some kind of shiny material, either silver, black, or red. Right. And, and then I wear this like police style, military style officer hat 
with like a star in it, kind of uh, a la Robin Zander of Cheap Trick or the guys in L.A. Guns or Faster Pussycat or even Guns N' Roses uh, used to wear these hats, and I'm sure other bands did too. And um, so I had this idea. I ought to do one where I wear a white biker jacket and a white uh, one of these officer hats. And, of course, who who you know, when Ozzy steps out of this <laughs> – ice cream truck right he's got the creepers on like i wear that are white and then he's got a white outfit and he's got one of these white what i jokingly refer to as a police hat but it's more of like a military i don't know police military whatever uh you know different bands have different uh takes on these hats but i couldn't believe it i was like how cool is that that ozzy's like uh doing uh doing this and and the song loco is just great you know what jay gordon um of orgy fame produced that. Oh, and okay. There, there's um. I don't even know what this genre was called. Do you know what that was called? Like this was in like the '97 area or era, not area. Um, um I guess I'd call it like new metal. I mean, I don't know, nu metal. Like nu dash yeah. metal is that what that was? Now, now, are let me ask you, Mark, because you you are definitely more um in touch with and in tune, as they say, with what's happening right now. Uh, is this genre still around? Is it dead? Is it you know what's nah, going on? It's still around. I mean, we recently had Spider from from Power Man Five Thousand on on the show, and I mean, they kind of fall into that genre, and they they have a great record out right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, all these bands are still out there doing it. Corn, right? Uh, Deftones, Stuck Mojo. Yep. I don't know what's up with Limp Biscuit. I haven't heard about them in a while, but you know, I know Papa I Roach is still out there. Yeah. Cold Cold Chamber. I mean, these guys. I saw Cold Chamber do a play at Heavy Montreal uh, like two, two, three years ago. They they got nice. back together with Dez. Uh, you know, I don't know. Some people might put System of a Down in that category. Gotcha. Lincoln Park, of course, they were now, still did doing that's, it. Are we saying that, or is this is even it, disturbed? Yeah. Th- now, is this a style that originated in California? Ugh, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, because Des the... is from Santa Barbara, I believe, and and uh, you know, Orgy. I always consider them an LA band, and yeah, Orgy I mean, has one of one of my favorite guitar players. I have two favorite guitar players from this genre. Uh, Amir, uh, I think his last name is pronounced Derek, uh, from previously of Rough Cut, uh, then in Orgy. Um, and Meigs Rascone from Cold Chamber. I, I love both of these guys. I think they're great. They're great guitar players. I love their playing. They're cool. And uh, that that is a, a genre like they right. those two guys vibes. Uh, I really liked. I even have a uh, Jackson Roswell Rhodes guitar, which is very similar to the guitars that um, Amir played in orgy he I think he even had a Jackson yeah. signature that was I mean uh, like based orgy on is a band I could almost consider them industrial metal but maybe they're new metal right. I don't know they're kind of like on the on the fence there but yeah I, I kind of associate all that stuff as as like a California thing like but you know almost more instead of like Los Angeles it's more like you know Orange County it feels like it was more yeah. a suburban thing I'm just talking out of right. my ass here guys correct I me think if you're I'm right. wrong hey uh, but I know never, like, I, yeah like rage against the machine although they weren't really like new metal they kind of in a way laid the groundwork for that I'd even put stuck right. mojo as one of the innovators and they I don't believe I believe they're from like Georgia or something so I think it's from all over but I think it mostly came from California in the beginning with you know bands like corn and and the deftones and stuff like that nice 
yeah, it's it's definitely a cool thing. Cold Chamber. I mean, Cold Chamber is from <laughs> well, California, right? Yeah, yeah, mm, totally. Uh, uh, now, here's what I couldn't believe, though. When I went back to watch this video for, for Loco, these the guys and girls and gals, as Ace would like to say in the band, uh, Raina Fox, um, they look so young. I mean, I, I look like yeah. a grandfather compared to these guys. I mean, now that was granted 1996, but um, if you watch the video for Loco and you see uh, Raina, uh, the first person that Ozzy goes up to, um, it, to me, it looks like a kid. Like, uh, I, it's just so funny that, uh, Mark, we've been doing this We're heavy old. metal stuff a <laughs> long time. <laughs> Yeah, we got you know? what happened. We grew old. We grew old. We grew old. Yeah, we're still rocking, and I don't think we're going to stop rocking. Um, yeah. And no. uh, and me and you are going to see Dan Lorenzo, um, at this Ace show, and yeah. I think that that means one thing and one thing only. Dingbat's gig. We got to do, yeah, do another gig. I, I was at the I was at Dingbat's a couple weeks. Oh, ago. Oh yeah, you went to talk uh, the that metal show thing. Look, I'm yeah. confusing it. Yeah, that metal show, the Christmas party, and and I was talking with the owner of Dingbat's, and he was like, oh, I'm so bummed you guys canceled. You got to do a, is that Frank? A, yeah, I think it's Frank. I yeah. forgot his name, but you know the guy I'm talking about. And he was like, yeah. you got to reschedule. Let's do this. So yeah, let's ask Dan uh, when we can when we can reschedule and, and get do in that. there and do it. Do yeah. it up because um, uh, we we got to get out and play again, Mark. Because not only um, are are Mark and I metal fans, and we're we're the we're fans just like all of you listeners are fans. We're we never claim to be. You know, uh, there's been some controversies in the past. We never right. claim to be. You know, the all knowing experts and authorities on anything. I mean, Mark, right. I, I consider you sort sort of an authority on things because you are really up in, in a lot of things. And I, I when you come out with like a new like top 10 list or this or that i'm interested in hearing what you have to say oh cool and i I really think that you've grown into something where a lot of people want to hear what you have to say which is great um i hope people respect what i like but i i'm just a random dude who's a fan um just as well i know a lot of crazed facts about the 80s and metal and uh just like all all of us all the real metalheads know all this stuff it's almost like a prerequisite like you you know you can name all the maiden records in order you can name all the kiss albums in order you can name all the priest albums in order you can name the sabbath records in order it's like uh that was just sort of like a prerequisite to living in in our generation i think but, right absolutely yeah you know what this is just kind of random john but I, I while while we're doing a show here together and i know we're gonna let's actually let's hit the let's hit the cold play song right we didn't play that yet let's hit that and yeah come no back. What, what band is it what band uh or cold cold play cold chamber cold play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i, I wouldn't right. hear clocks so by cold play yeah, is, that, yeah. is that their song no, clocks? no let's, cold chamber let's hit the cold chamber yeah This is Loco by Cole Chamber.
cool, guys. That was a little cold chamber here on Talking Metal. I'm Mark Striegel. We got John Astronomy with us. John, we're going to end with some like it, but real quick, I didn't even tell you we're going to do this because I just thought of it. I got this this uh, email and it says, I love, uh, it says, hi, Mark. I love the new, uh, I love... I love the new music, but I also love the old music. I am right. sad to hear the news of Chuck Mosley today. This came in a while ago when Chuck Mosley from ex-Faith No More singer died. Uh, I was a fan of Faith No More since my brother had an imported copy of Introduce Yourself when it came out. And when they finally made it to New Zealand in 1992 with Mike Patton, of course, that was the first time. First time I ever went to a major concert, and to this day, it's one of my favorites. But sadly, I never got to see Faith No More with, with Chuck. Maybe you could play Introduce Yourself or something else from that album. Yeah, we will do that, and I, I, we're going to do something else real special. We're going to revisit an interview that John did with Chuck Mosley and another guy. Do you remember who the other guy was? Yeah, Mark, that was uh, Michael Seifert of Chuck's band, Vandals Against Illiteracy, right. uh, also known as VUA. We also had Eric from White Wizard on that same show that we did that. Right. Well, we won't play that part of it, but let's real quick, let's uh, let's listen to that interview that you did with those guys, um, Chuck Mosley and, and Michael of uh, Vandals Against Illiteracy. This is going back to 2009, and then we'll uh, we'll play the song. That was requested. Uh, introduce yourself, right? right? This, what we're about to hear, getting into the interview, is a remake of the classic Faith No More song, We Care A Lot. And uh, I can't wait to hear this. It's one of my favorite Faith No More songs, the, the song that really turned me on to this band. Uh, first thing I ever heard of Faith No More, I, James Hetfield had a, a T-shirt of theirs. And shortly after I heard the the song, We Care A Lot, and I was sold ever ever since that moment. Chuck, what a history. I mean, everything from playing with Faith No More uh, to Bad Brains and, and his great solo stuff here. He's been involved in so much great stuff, and it is an honor to have him on the podcast. No doubt. And what's really cool about this particular track, Roddy Bottom from Faith No More recorded this with Chuck. So... Special guest appearance by Roddy on this song. Cool. Well, let's check this out. This is Chuck Mosley with "We Care a Lot," the Faith No More classic, a remake version of remade version of it. And we're going to get right into the interview that John Kentuck did with Chuck uh, about a month ago here in New York City. When Yeah. 
walking across the street. Does she make it? I hope so. I sure do. About all the stuff and things that happen, blow like, you know, to you. Talking Metal and Talking Rock. I'm very honored today because I have two great guests here with me at the Gibson Guitar Showroom. Chuck Mosley, who you guys know from a bunch of great bands like Faith No More and Bad Brains and Cement. And we've got Michael Seifert. How you guys doing? Fine. It's a little chilly in this room, but otherwise doing good. <laughs> good deal. How you doing, Michael? Doing great. I don't care. I don't care about the cold. It's good. Chuck, we're going to start out with you and... I love the name Vandals Against Illiteracy, and I had to write it out properly spelled because it's such a cool spelling. Now, how did you guys come up with the new band and the new album? Um, well, as far as the title goes, when I moved to Cleveland, I was uh, went into a bar and was using the urinal, and it was written right above it, and I just had to have it in some capacity. And this became it. So, um, But then we connected my name to it for the recognition and all that crap. I wanted to mention that because for the first release, the title is going to be Chuck Mosley and the Vandals Against Illiteracy. But then after that, you said you're going to drop that. I mean, I would love to if it mattered. If it uh, if this record did anything, then I then I could afford to drop the Chuck Mosley off of it. Yeah. Cool. And this is your label, right? Yeah, it is. And, and Chuck Chuck's a modest guy, you know. He's he's a jokester and he's a funny guy. And, and the fact of the matter is, is you know, Chuck Chuck isn't really concerned about getting the attention on himself. He's he's about the music, and I and I respect that. Um, Weight to bear. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it may be a lot of weight to bear, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, people are looking to see. You know, you, if you go on on Google dot com or you know whatever, you know, you look you look up you know a Google search of Chuck Mosley or whatever. People are interested in knowing what he's up to. If it was up to him, he'd leave his name off this completely. It'd just be about the music. But you know, there's there's a business end to this too. So uh, we want people to be able to find him, uh, whether he likes it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand the business side, so I'm going with it. Well, it's so refreshing to meet somebody with such a huge history who is as modest as you are because, believe me, we all know a bunch of people who are in the business who are not like that. So it's nice to hear that somebody is just really concerned about making some great music, and we're honored that you're here. And I want to talk about the album, and looking at the title of the album, the word rap is, is prominently there. But on the album, you're singing on most of the tunes. There's really only a couple of songs that you're rapping on. Now, how did that come about? Um, miraculously, I learned how to sing one day, and I, and I 
decided to employ that uh, newfound skill. I back when I was uh, when I did that other stuff that you know that people are are uh, are naming me for their influence. Uh, I I could sing, but I couldn't hear a melody as much, and that's what made me do that way, that style, and just kind of you know with uh, faith no more and whatnot. So. I've always liked to sing. I just always haven't been that good at it. But I, I got so good that I could do it on eighty percent of this record, just about. So, you know, maybe there'll be some more rapping over hard rock on the next record, but probably not much. Every once in a while, yeah, you know, it's just a style I turn back to and stuff, just because it's kind of become me, part of me. Very cool. Now, Mike, you are playing drums in addition to producing the album and engineering as well, right? Yeah, I, I played uh, quite a bit on the record. Everything, you know, everything from drums to bass to guitar and some keyboards and programming. Um, the you know the record was basically made. You know, and Chuck will tell a story about you know getting ripped off about ten years ago by another producer. You know, it's, this, this record's been a long time in coming. Really, um, Chuck's always had this in him, and unfortunately, um, he got some bad breaks along the way. Um, and, and basically, you know, I came in to the picture about 10 years ago while he was getting those bad breaks and, and, you know, I always really loved the material. I think, you know, above and beyond anything else, you know, Chuck's the first person to admit that he's not the most technically proficient, uh, singer in the world. You know, um, he gets asked this question every interview and we've done a bunch today already, um, it's not about that. You know, to me, Chuck Mosley is the punk rock Bob Dylan, and he's a songwriter, and he is a, you know, a, a master of his craft in that area. Um, and to me, his voice, you know, perfect, flawed, whatever you want to call it, love it or hate it, you know, there's emotion in it. It communicates a message, and I think that's something that's very rare in modern music. Um, and that's why I stuck with this project, and that's why eventually we, we, you know, we got together and we made this record. And I think that's, you know, how we got people like Jonathan Davis, John Five, Michael, you know, Carloni, you know, all these other people that were, you know, willing and able to, you know, come to the table and go, yeah, we want to be a part of this. Uh, you know, I think that's what they saw in it too. Very cool. I'll tell you, speaking of just technical proficiency, I think truly, and I, I think everybody would agree with me, that the people that have stood the test of time and that are considered the greats in any style of music weren't necessarily technically proficient. Like Mick Jagger might not be the greatest vocalist, but I think he sure has a huge impact on music way more than, you know, uh, somebody. He can dance better than almost anybody, <laughs> like, ever, ever. Good deal, guys. I wanted to mention that the the cool thing for me about the record is that not only is it new material, it's, you know, a new band and new stuff, but you do revisit your past in a couple of places. There are the two songs that were cement songs, and then I'll get to some of the other stuff. But what I liked about that, and it's the way I feel about writing as well, is that you mentioned in, in a previous interview that you felt that those songs never properly saw the light of day and that's why you wanted them on this record and i totally understand what you're saying tell me about that yeah actually uh pile driver is the one that actually made it to the record we have a couple from cement that we're gonna do um yeah it's just like uh when uh when uh we were excited out to tour that record we got an accident i broke my back everybody knows that and they just kind of got shelved so you know i thought you know, I honestly just, you know, no matter who made them, just happens that we did, that I did, but uh, 
that 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 they shouldn't go without being heard at one point or another. And this band, you know, is really strong, so capable of doing those kind of songs. And there's another Faith No More song I'd like to do again from the first first record that uh, Billy wrote. You know, so I, I like covering songs, you know, mine or anybody else's, but. There's so much material, we had to put a stop to it already and cut it off at 10 for this record because they were getting kind of long. So hopefully by the next record, we'll get some more of that stuff out and some more brand new stuff. Without a doubt, your fans are definitely hungry for this record. And uh, there's so many treats on it, too, because uh, you mentioned Faith No More. Roddy is on the album with you? Roddy's playing on, uh, on the new version of We Care A Lot that we have. I figured those two versions, there just had to be a third. I mean, why not? <laughs> and all with you singing them. With me singing them and, and dealing with more current current events, current issues. Well, more current now, uh, now than way back then. Maybe not as current today as a couple of years ago when we started writing it, but yeah. Well, you guys have influenced so many people and, and really are, are one of the founders of a whole new genre of music that has spawned great bands like Korn. And then there are the bands that are, you know, there's a band called Lacuna Coil from Italy who are heavily influenced by Korn. But what what they are really is influenced by you guys through Korn. And it's a amazing thing to hear all these people like Jonathan Davis and people even like Iggy Pop coming out to pay homage to you guys. It, that, uh, that that's one of the things. I mean, I think Chuck Chuck is a, a pretty humble guy in general, and and he doesn't like to take credit, you know, as much as maybe he even should, uh, for what he's contributed to modern music. Um, I, I had the opportunity to work with Jonathan on the single Enabler when we were out in L.A. Uh, for Chuck's record, and it was one of those things where. You know, Chuck's Chuck's a fan of what Corn does. They've expressed that they're a fan of what he's done. You know, we hooked it up. We went out to L.A. We 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 cut we cut his guest appearance on the single. And Jonathan, you know, went on and on and on about basically, you know, the, you know, saying Corn wouldn't even be a band if it wasn't for Chuck Mosley. You know, and I think a lot of people misconstrue, you know, that. And, and, you know, a lot of people are caught up in this whole, like, Mike Patton, Chuck Mosley, you know, feud or whatever that doesn't even exist. And the fact of the matter is both those guys respect each other, you know. You know, Mike Patton is a fan of what happened with Faith No More before he joined it. Chuck Mosley, you know, appreciates what, what Mike Patton did with Faith No More after he exited the band. Um, but to work with somebody like Jonathan and literally have him sit there and say something along the lines of, you know, like, look, we wouldn't even be doing this if it wasn't for Introduce Yourself. You know, that's what I think people miss sometimes. And um, sometimes I wish Chuck wasn't so modest about what he's actually <laughs> contributed, much, much, much to my dismay. But uh, yeah, well, I decided next year I, I won't keep taking, I won't take the compliments as much as still, but I will take cash. <laughs> hey, that's the right way to be. That is absolutely the right way to be. So I wanted to talk about who is going to be in the band when you take this out onto the road, because I know you did one show opening for Corn. Right. Well, actually, there's a, a, a band that's uh, on Mike's label that I met that's been helping me out. They're called Ceterum, and um, they, we actually, a couple of those guys, uh, drummer and bass player and guitar player helping out, and then I have my guitar player, Tim Parnin, that's been playing with me ever since I moved to Cleveland, and then um, a while ago, uh, they had uh, my drummer, Doug, from Cement, but then he had to go, he moved back cross-country and had to do his own thing, so... When we first go out, it'll probably be the same, the lineup that we have right now with some guys from Ceterum and then some other guys from my 
my old school and uh, um, as we're as we're taking a little further on the road start you know just piecing together picking and choosing the, the more permanent band you know mm-hmm. you know certain people just fit along fit playing with me people some understand me and stuff and, and are really good musicians and one thing I know about not being the best singer and not being the good, best guitar player is I know how to surround myself with really good musicians to make everything else come out good. So that's um, right now. It's kind of like Saturn is playing with us the shows that we do, and you know while that's happening, we're steadily putting together a permanent band, you know, all around. So yeah, I mean it's 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 really a work in progress, you know, much like the record was, and you know the, the first go around, you know. Ten years ago, Chuck tried to make this record and unfortunately got ripped off by somebody claiming to be a producer. And, you know, Chuck tried to fund this record himself. And I was kind of brought into that. And um, it just it, it wasn't a very good situation. But I always believed in the songs and, and pretty much made a vow to Chuck that if there was ever a time where I could commit to actually doing this record and helping him get it out, that I would. And uh, it took a long time to get to that point, but we finally got there. And, you know, much like the record was kind of a, um, you know, a studio project where we kind of picked and choose, you know, musicians as we went along. Uh, from Michael, M- Michael Cardelloni, who's uh, been the drummer for Leonard Skinner for 10 years, to getting, you know, Jonathan and John Five involved, and then obviously Tim Parnon and myself. And, and, you know, Chuck played quite a bit of guitar on the record as well and obviously wrote, you know, 99% of the songs on there. Um, the the uh, live band's going to be no different. It's going to be one of those things that evolves, and when it's working, great, it's working. If we need to make changes, we'll make changes. It's really about Chuck's music and making sure that gets communicated the right way to, to you know his fans, and, and that's what you know we're most interested in is just sharing this music with people. So, Chuck, I wanted to ask you what songs on the album mean the most to you and what are your favorite ones? Um, let's see... Enabler is one of my favorite. Uh, then uh, Come Around and Bob Forrester, two others of my favorite. And um, the song Nameless became one of my favorites now. Uh, that uh, my friend Lulu started singing on it. I, I haven't been able to settle in on one yet. I, I, I like Come Around a lot, you know, just for personal reasons. And uh, I like them all, though. It's hard to, for different reasons. It's hard to say. It's. This is a record that we started realizing that there was really not any filler on here. There's maybe a little bit of filler, so I guess that would be something that I didn't name. But Pile Driver is another cool song, which has been done before, but it's it's just got a whole new life to it, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think that's the key to the fact that we know it's going to be a great album because you can't really say, well, you know, there's three killer tunes and you know the rest are just okay. They're all great, and, and believe me, I, I love the record. So Thank you. You're welcome. Last question, and then we're going to take a tour of the Gibson showroom here, uh, which has a lot of history as well. I want to know, what does Chuck Mosley listen to right now? What kind of music? What kind of bands? Uh, well, when I'm driving around and taking kids here and there, I've been listening to a lot of classical music lately. Uh, I listen to, I hear a lot of Darren Gray in my truck. Um, and... Uh, uh, and then I was listening to a lot of VUA for a while until we got everything right. Now I'm not listening to it for a while. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's kind of cheesy, but Corn I like a lot because I, I just really love his voice. Uh, 
brand brand new. I just I, I I I don't know anything that's on commercial radio that, and that's where I hear stuff lately. Um, that I love to death. You know, I there's things that I like that I've always liked or whatever that they still play, but you know, I I don't know, not not much, not much on VH1. <laughs> You've taken your kids to a couple uh, concerts lately, though, right? Yeah, I went to, mm-hmm. Derek, to Corn. We went to Corn. We went to. I took her to Darren Gray. I took Sophie. I forget where I took Japanese Sophie. Japanese artist that you. Darren Gray. That's right, the yeah. Japanese one. Yeah. Um, that, that's the cool thing. Like, like I mean, he's got two young daughters, and he's like totally the dad, and like you know, he's like a like ridiculous chef too like in, in addition to all the music stuff that he does I mean he, he headed up a restaurant he was chief chef at a restaurant and managed a restaurant for a few years and you know he made a, a, a conscious decision to basically take a, a few years away from rock and roll and you know raise his kids and, and, and hone in on his cooking skills and, and, and all this other stuff so you know there's all this stuff out on the internet about like Oh, the the guy just dropped off the face of the earth. No, and he's been doing what he wanted to do, and 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 I think that's important for people to know. You know, he's got other interests above and beyond music. He's got a family. He's got daughters who are you know beautiful kids. You know, who come out and hang out around the studio, and they're proud of their dad. And you know, and and, and there's something to be said for that. I mean, I mean, how many you know you you'd be selfish about it, and you go, oh, I got to get the next record out, and I got to go on tour, or you could do what Chuck did and basically go, look, I'm going to be a dad for a few years and I'm going to explore these other things. And, you know, uh, and you know uh, whether or not I'll be too old to go out on right. tour. <laughs> hey, you're not too You're never too old to go out on tour. And I don't know if this is an appropriate I question. So. I, I don't think so either, but I, I can't wait to go, actually. <laughs> very, very cool. And you mentioned your daughters. And I read one place that you said one of them was a handful. Which one is that? Oh, well, that's the older one, but that's just because she's just like me. And we're both stubborn and. We just butt heads. That's how it is. But she's beautiful, and she's really talented and smart. And she speaks fluent Japanese. Yeah. She's into, like, anime and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah she is. She's into anime, and that's the one that's into Darren Gray, obviously. She, uh, she, I took her to see Shonen Knife a while ago, and that's a band that I saw when I was, like, I remember a little that, yeah. older than her, and then she was all into them all of a sudden. I was happy to take her. We got autographs and stuff like that, and, yeah, yeah, she's real smart, and... She just keeps to herself, so, and we're just, yeah, we, we butt heads, but she's me. That's great, though, to see a little version of you. Maybe be great. It might be scary to some people. <laughs> but uh, for now, it's okay. <laughs> I love it. Well, Chuck, I appreciate both you guys coming down here and hanging out with both Talking Metal and Talking Rock. And we're not going to end right now. We are going to continue, and we are going to take a tour of the Gibson showroom, which used to be the site of a very famous recording studio, the Hit Factory. And I know, Michael, you're excited about that part. I'm a, I'm a total geek about this stuff, and it's the one time I won't even make any apologies for it. You know, that's it. Cool. From the day I was born, I
Chuck Mosley with Faith No More right there. Classic stuff. Introduce yourself. And a big thanks to Nick for suggesting that. Nick from New Zealand. Great to hear from you, Nick. Thanks for uh, emailing us here at Talking Metal. John, let's end with some of your stuff. Like It is your band that you've been playing with cool. a long time now. And what's going on with Like It? Any upcoming gigs happening? Oh, yeah. So you know what? Um the reason there are no current upcoming gigs is because of me, unfortunately, and that's because I'm just trying to map out Ace Freely uh, dates for 2018. And, and once I get that under control, um, then I'm going to schedule some Like It shows. And uh, I'm hoping to do one within the next, you know, 30 days, if, if possible, because I, I just want to get back out there. Uh, we, in, in one year, so Like It's been back in action for a total of one year. And in that year... We, we started New Year's Eve last year uh, opening up for The Dives, uh, which is a band that was at the time fronted by Paul Stanley's son. Apparently, he has uh, Evan Stanley has left The Dives. I, I've just uh, been informed about that. But that was our first gig. That was last New Year's Eve. So, so like it's been going back in action for a year now. And in that year, we've, we've done a bunch of great gigs. Cool. The, the Dives gig, uh, we did a gig with Warrior Soul. Um, we did a gig with Brett Michaels. We did a gig with uh, Winger just most recently, and we've done some shows on our own. And it's been crazy. We, we've uh, we've had a lot of fun. Uh, Mark, I'd love to get you as a guest uh, guitar player on a Like It show coming up fun. soon at some yeah, point. I'd love that. And uh, you know all those tunes. Uh, like It, uh, talking mental listeners, uh, Mark is Mark knows every like Mark knows everybody in Like It just as well as I know everybody in Like It. So. Um, I was a diehard Like It fan for a yeah. number of years. Mark and Big I were band. both Like It fans back in the old days, and, and we, we both thought, and I was, uh, Mark, I, 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 once again, when I'm referring to that I uh, value your opinions, uh, you, you once said that you thought Like It would be one of the New York bands to get signed to a wow. major label. And, I was wrong And unfortunately, that. they, they <laughs> happened. Uh, yeah, it hasn't happened. Uh, that was, uh, I'm not faulting you for that. <laughs> I'm saying. I, that, I would uh, have signed them, but yeah. Yeah, if yeah. you were the head of a label, you would have signed them. No, Like It was a great band, still is a great band, and uh, we're going to, we're definitely going to do some more gigs. I would imagine we'll open up for some more bands, uh, a la Winger, a la Brett Michaels, a la Warrior Soul, a la The Dives, but um, we'll, uh, we're we're looking forward to a, a great 2018. We have a cool. believe it or not, we we debuted a new song, which is not what you're going to hear, but we have a new song called "Public uh, Disorder." And let me tell you what happened with that. I'm going to give you the brief uh, brief explanation. One of the members of Like It was arrested. Oh no! And uh, we've deemed him a public disorder. <laughs> so, all right, all leave I'm, it at that. Now, yeah, yeah, he's okay. he's really not, but we've jokingly deemed him that because the arrest was false. I'm I think I saw something about this now. on Facebook, but yeah, I won't mention yeah, I'm it. Gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, it might have been on the Citizen app, uh, which which said there was a blonde haired, long haired, knife wielding maniac oh, running man. around the, the East Village, but uh, it wasn't true. It was totally false, as I'm saying. This is half comedy, but half true. Uh, let me tell you guys, I'm I'm totally joking, but. Um, uh, 
<laughs> we have a new song called Public. We couldn't decide if it was Public Disturbance, uh, right. Disturber, or Disorder. And and I voted for Disorder, and we let Night Bob, one of the, the most amazing, if not the most amazing sound man in the world, N-I-T-E-B-O-B, look him up. Um, it will be a treat to look him up, guys, let me tell you. Um, he, he sided with me and said it should be called Disorder. Okay, Public but that's not disorder. what you're going to play us right now to take us out. No, you're playing us something that's else. the okay. newest Like It song, Public Disorder, co-written by the band Like It. Uh, we're going to play you a rough mix. Now, uh, for, for all you uh, rockers out there who, who aren't aware of what a rough mix is, a rough mix is a version of a song before the final version has yet been completed or even recorded or mixed. So this is like when you go into the studio and you kind of get your song half done and you get like a little mix of it so you can listen to it at home, that's called a rough mix. And this is a rough mix of the song My Way by Like It. Cool. And this was recorded in the same room, Mark, that we recorded some of the Captain Teen Astronomy songs. Really? What? Where? Uh, uh, IAR, okay. Institute of Audio Research. Remember that place? Yes. They're still yes. doing stuff? They were. Unfortunately, I think they are now done. I think the oh, okay. Like It recording was Closing the very down. last one ever. Well, it has sadly uh, ended. So no more of that. But we recorded. Who, who is that uh, guy who recorded us there? Richard Blaken. Yeah. Is he still work there? He. Or, I, mean, I don't I think it's closed he still down, does anymore. Yeah. I, I, I don't think anybody does anymore. But I think when I was in there last, I saw like Golden Platinum Records on the wall uh, to Richard Blaken. So I, I'm, I think he was still part of it. Um, I, I got to get in touch with him. Now, now, is, guess that, what? is that where he, that guy Dennis Latman was from? Here's the sad news. I was going to break this to you. Yeah. No, I know. One of my is, yeah. best ever friends, Dennis Latman, it's confirmed that he has passed away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Googled it and I actually found his son's Facebook page. Oh, wow. And saw some pictures up there, and it was like a of of Dennis and his son, and then there was some caricature of of uh, <laughs> Dennis drawn, and it said Dad would have would have loved this, and I was like, oh yeah, he's he's gone. What happened? Yeah, I I didn't want to ask. I, I mean, I I didn't want to even find out if it in fact did happen, and I don't know if it was Richard Blaken who told me or somebody else who told me. I think it was somebody else that that it did in fact happen. And uh, I'm so sad about that because yeah, this was Dennis, a great guy. He used to introduce, gay, like he introduced one of our first gigs in first, the New York area. Baby gigs, yeah. yeah, which was great and a real character <laughs> of a guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. The greatest thing, Dennis Lapman. Look, he had he had a full head of uh, reddish blonde hair, and one time he showed up at my apartment, which was on 32nd Street between Fifth and Madison, with this guy and. And, uh, you know, at like midnight, the, there's a knock at the door and, um, you know, you're on, uh, um, keep in mind people, this is a block away from the empire state building. So I get a knock at my door at like two, three in the morning and, uh, it's Dennis Lapman. I love him. He's with this guy. He brings this guy and says, this is my friend. It takes me about 10, five to 10 minutes to realize that this isn't his real friend. This is just a homeless guy that, uh, tagged along with him. And, <laughs> oh, uh, he was hanging in my place, and I just said, no offense, sir, I'm really sorry, but, um, you know, uh, you might have to take take off. And so uh, Dennis stayed, but the, the homeless guy split. And and no offense to homeless people, but, wow. uh, yeah, that was a great Dennis Lapman story. The greatest thing Dennis Lapman ever did, one of, other than his amazing engineering, is that we once went to Penn Station, and he went up to a pizza place, and we had no money. Somehow we, we were rocking zero story, cash yeah. at the time. And he said, look, um, can we have some pizza? 
and I'll pay you next Tuesday. And they said, yeah. And they gave us a bunch of pizzas, and sure enough, he paid them the following Tuesday. Wow. I don't know how that was worked out, but that happened. Uh, a lot of great things. There was My favorite story is the one time that a crew of us went into a restaurant, and, and this is – you know, I'm a I'm a dude from Pennsylvania. I didn't know about antipasta bars that were in like high end restaurants where the waiter goes over and selects different things like roasted peppers or, or, or like asparagus or whatever you want, and he puts them on a plate. I thought that was the buffet for the random jerks hanging out at bars, so I went and had <laughs> my hands all in it. These people came over and they said, "Drop." Like, drop the gun. They were like, drop the food. And because wow. that was the food that had to be given to the people in the entire restaurant. And I, I fingered it all up. Um, probably coughed all over it. But any, anyway, yeah. that was that was one of the great Dennis Lapman stories. He right. was amazing. Uh, IAR, Richard Blyken, like it. <laughs> right. You know, we're rocking. We have a new great engineer. His name is Dan. He, he worked with Keith Richards. And... Um, so and you definitely, rough- you definitely, because I edit these episodes together. So just to clarify, you definitely can get me this this rough mix. I can get you the track. Okay. Right. Yeah, I posted right. it on Make Facebook. Sure you- oh, you did? Okay. Well, send me an MP3. So it's if out you there. Can. It's out there. I'm yeah, going to find it. I'm going to find it. AIF or whatever you want to send over. Just send it over. Yeah. And I can't wait to hear this. Uh, a, a now, this classic is a rough song, mix, guys. But, but a so, new totally version rough. of it. Yeah. Yeah. My way, old song. There's probably an old version of this somewhere online, but I'm going to give you the current version. Which is a rough mix. We're gonna we're gonna do some touch ups on it, and we're gonna re-record parts of it. But we're gonna rock it, and that's like it. Cool. You gotta come and check us out. Yeah. Check us out. Mark, I want to get you on stage with like it. Maybe the next gig, you can come up and do a guest appearance. I'd love it. I can't do it if it's out in Long Island. I can't do it. But if if it's like in the city or Jersey, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, by Maybe the way, Kiss Nation. Bill May is uh, is playing at Dingbats. I think we're gonna go to that. Oh, when is this? Uh, in April, in April. Oh, yeah! Wow. So Maybe, we're gonna check that out, yeah, Emily and I. Bill May and I and like it and the 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 different camps, as they would say, if you're a fan of Kiss. Uh, the different camps are uh, in discussions about the uh, the prized opening slot. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But maybe maybe we'll play that gig with them. That, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm, yeah. You uh, half kidding, people. All right, man. Well, let's check this song out, and we'll call it a day here. A lot of good music. Cool. Thanks to you, John. And uh, Thank you. Good classic I'm trying to interview. bring some of the vibe back, you know? Some of the <laughs> right on. old vibe. <laughs> right on. Definitely. And, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Bud Friendly earlier in yep. the episode. How is he? Is he, is he still alive? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I see the guy oh, who played the part of Bud Friendly all oh, the oh, time, oh, but... Good. Uh, as far as Bud Friendly goes, the character, no, he's not really alive. He hasn't been on a, a Talking Metal episode since the 500th right. episode, so it's been quite a while at this point. But we should him bring him back into the, the Talking Metal fold. We have yeah. such a history here on Talking Metal with John and Bud Friendly and so many different people through the years. If you don't know the history, I mean, John and I used to have a TV show. They're all up there on YouTube, Talking Metal on Fuse, and we did stuff on Metal Moments on VH1, Least Metal moments, most metal moments. Well, yeah, most metal concert mo- moments. Yeah, freakiest concert moments. Most metal moments, moments, least metal moments. We hosted some headbanger, moments. headbangers ball episodes. Uh, I mean, just such a long history. Lots and of course, of stuff. this podcast has been going since 2005. So there's a lot of stuff to go back and rediscover, like that Chuck Mosley interview that we re-aired right. here today, if you will. And on that note, let's get out of here, John. Again, my okay. way, the rough mix. 
I an like exclusive it. here, I guess, on Talking Metal. Yeah, as far total as, exclusive. Yeah. All right, here we go. Talk to you next time, John. There's only one way.